Well, it's good to see you all this morning. I trust you're having a, a great day. I am enjoying the reprieve from the temperatures. Uh, don't get discouraged by looking at the forecast. Enjoy today. Uh, so I think it's going to warm right back up, but uh, enjoy it while you can. All right, well, James chapter 5 this morning. This morning we're going to be talking about patient endurance. Uh, we'll look at, we'll read verses 5 through 11, but primarily today we'll be in verses 7 and 8. <clears throat> uh, the, the theme here is, in this passage, is really just patience and waiting unto the coming of the Lord. And uh, James has already addressed diverse temptations. Uh, we learned that in chapter 1, and, and we learned that those things are inevitable. Uh, that it's not when, or I mean, excuse me, it's not if those things will come, but when. And, and so um, we're going to kind of look at a little different aspect of that this morning. So let's begin by reading verses 7 through 11 in James chapter uh, 5, and we'll have a quick word of prayer. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the, excuse me, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. And the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray for your blessing upon the Sunday school hour now that you would just be with your word as it goes forth that you would do great things that only you can do in the hearts of your people, and that you would encourage and strengthen us to be faithful. Lord, even in times of difficulty, and pray that you would uh, have your way. And now, Father, we pray for each Sunday school teacher this morning. Bless them, bless each student, that they would be attentive. And we'll give you the thanks for all you do in Christ's name. Amen. So here we are, and, and as I mentioned in, in chapter 1 and in verse uh, 2, it says, when ye fall into diverse temptations. So those, those trials, those challenges are going to come, uh, and we understand that that's without exception to everybody in the world. Uh, Job 14.1, man is born of a woman uh, is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, there's nobody exempt from that. Uh, there's going to be hard times, and, and uh, we just have to accept that. And as we'll see here, and as we did already in, in chapter 1, uh, the Lord's doing a work for the Christian, uh, and even really for the lost, to draw them to himself. And uh, John 16, 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, the Lord tells us. Jesus himself says it's not always going to be easy. And it's, but, of course, he encourages us, as be ye of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so don't ever forget, God's the victor in all of this. And in Christ, we're on the winning side. And additionally, believers might suffer even more just because of our faith. It says, so all of mankind is going to have trouble. They're going to have tribulation. There's going to be challenges. But the reality is for us this morning that are in Christ, there might be a little more because of our testimony. 
Um, <clears throat> John 15, 20 says, Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Boy, they persecuted the Lord, did they not? Uh, and he says, just like that, you're going to be persecuted. There's going to be challenges in our life. Second uh, Timothy, and I know you all are familiar with this, 3.12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, there will be challenges in the Christian life. Uh, and this morning, and I had this thought the other day, excuse me, my mouth is exceedingly dry. Too much coffee. Uh, but the other day I was thinking about this, the, the thought that maybe we don't experience persecution because we're not living like our Savior. He said, if you're going to be like me, you're going to be persecuted. But if we're going through this smooth sailing, perhaps we're not the testimony that we ought to be. Uh, that's a side note. But here in our passage today, specifically, uh, James is exhorting uh, patience in relation to the oppression by the rich. And we kind of talked about that a little bit last week. We looked at the warning that he gave to the rich in verses 1 through 6 of this chapter. And then I can remind you of chapter 2 and verse 6 where it says, But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you? And so uh, that's the theme here this morning. I think in this passage is he's talking about specifically to those that are being oppressed or they're under hard burdens because of the rich. Uh, in verse 6, we, we talked a little about it. You have condemned and killed the just, uh, and he doth not resist you. So these people that have not had a, an ability to resist, uh, some of them have even been put to death, uh, perhaps. And so that is kind of the, the thing. And so in this passage, I want to give you some encouragement. I think there are several things, and, and I don't know if I'll be able to adequately draw them out over the next couple of weeks, but uh, at least today... James gives a motivation here to enable believers to endure trials, and that motivation is in verse 7 and 8. And the thought here this morning is to anticipate the Lord's coming. So I want to encourage you this morning to anticipate the Lord's coming. Look at verses 7 and 8 again. It says, Be patient, therefore, brethren. So understanding that there is oppression, understanding that there will be trials, there will be tribulations, there will be troubles, uh, just accept that. But be patient through that. It says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord. Listen, the coming of the Lord provides great hope for those that are undergoing persecution. The thought that the Lord is going to come and He's going to uh, relieve me from all of this trouble, trial, and persecution is a blessed thought. Uh, understanding who it, the promise had come from. Uh, we should realize and not forget that our troubles are temporary. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what oppressions. Uh, listen, we just heard the Lord took care of somebody's financial difficulties. He met that need, right? Uh, I don't know what you're facing. You could be facing financial things, sicknesses, illnesses. Whatever the trials, maybe you, uh, I don't think this is the case, but uh, too many of us probably are not oppressed by the rich necessarily. I mean, our economy is, but um, so in that sense, we are. Um, but I don't think we're really 
groaning and, and suffering necessarily because of that it, hardship. But listen, don't ever forget the things that you are facing are temporary. Uh, but I know sometimes uh, because the Lord is patient, uh, the Lord is long-suffering, and because He is like the husbandman that we'll see here in a moment, uh, oftentimes we lose sight of that big picture. Uh, we lose sight that it is temporary. You know, the days of suffering turn into a week of suffering, and the week a month, and, and a month a year, and sometimes we go through these trials, and we go through these troubles in our lives, and it seems like they're never-ending. Uh, but again, I want to remind you they're temporary. James gives us this example of the husbandman, or a farmer, if you will. And listen, I'm not a farmer. I don't know a whole lot uh, about farming, uh, and there's a lot that I could learn, I'm sure. Uh, but one thing I do know is you need water. <laughs> you need rain. And so I, I like James. He's a pretty simple guy. He lays it out, but it's very profound, uh, his book is. Uh, but um, anyway, let me quit mumbling here. Let's get on my notes. Listen, we see that here the farmer is patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. So this farmer has an expectation. He's hoping for the harvest. Uh, He's looking toward the fall time in our our region of the world here. But he's, he's forecasting and he's keeping his eye looking forward to that harvest time when he can experience the precious fruit of the earth. And because of that, he understands he needs rain. Nothing's going to happen without rain. Uh, To have the harvest fruit of the earth, he must wait for the early and latter rain, the Bible tells him. And because he knows he needs the rain, it causes him to be patient. There is nothing the farmer can do to force the seed to grow in and of himself. There's nothing he can do. He has done his job, he has planted, he has sowed the seed, he has put it in the ground, and now he just has to to wait. We don't like to wait. I know I don't. Listen, I don't think we fully understand the idea of patience that James is teaching here because we're not an agricultural society. I know we're in South Dakota, the Midwest, and there's a lot of farming, but most of us here in this room go to the supermarket to get our food. So we don't put something in the ground wait for that thing to sprout up, wait for that thing to grow, wait for the sun to work, wait for the rain to work, and then we eat after we've harvested that thing and processed that food. We don't understand that process because we just go and pick it up at the supermarket. And because we have a world economy, we can get things out of season. And so the idea of patience here, I think, has a little bit of a deeper idea to the original uh, people that received this epistle. They understood the idea of of patience at a greater level. But nonetheless, the early and the latter rain. And so the rain at seed time, really at the beginning of of the season, is the early rain. And then there's the rain of the ripening or the rain before the harvest. So those would be the early rain and the latter rains. And my understanding, I did a little bit of research, uh, not too much, but in this area of the world uh, here in Judea, Uh, Maybe some people might say Palestine. Uh, The early rains fell in the beginning of November. So latter October in November. Um, And uh, after the seed was sown, uh, the second or the latter rain uh, came in April. And so for us, that's the winter season. uh, And I I, kind of caught my attention, but it sounds like 
Uh, nearest I can tell with my research, sometimes it does snow over in that region, uh, but that snow is very short-lived. There's not long, bitter freezes. It might snow and melt and go away pretty quickly. And so that really is their season of, of harvest. And so you have the early rain at the end of November or beginning of November, late October, and then uh, the latter rains come in April. Uh, but listen, without these two rains, the earth would not be fruitful. Uh, there would be, I mean, they could plant the seed, but without the rain, there's no, uh, there's no plants. There, there's no harvest that would come. Uh, the rains, uh, these rains God promised. Deuteronomy 11, uh, 14 says this, that I will give you the rain uh, of your land in, this, in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in the corn and thy wine and thine oil. And so these rains were promised by God to the people of Israel. And, uh, and then in, for these rains, they were not only to wait patiently, uh, but they could also pray for these rains. Zechariah 10.1 says this, uh, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall uh, make bright clouds and give them uh, the showers of rain to everyone, uh, grass in the field. And so I think being primarily an agricultural society at the time of this writing, these people would be very familiar with the Old Testament teachings, no doubt. And also with uh, the seasons uh, that take place in their area of the world. And they would understand the reference that James is giving here. Um, Listen, if the farmer would not reap if he did not wait for the rain. You can't reap out of harvest time. Uh, If you do, it's, it's worthless. It's nothing. Right? And so you have to wait, you have to be patient. And so these Christians that were being oppressed and they, they, they were in uh, difficult circumstances and they had trials and they afflicted. And James tells them, just be patient and wait. Just like they've waited for the rains. But when the season gets long, when it gets dry, when it gets arid and, and you have a lot of concerns and boy, I don't know if it's going to happen, just be patient. And, and then in Zechariah 7.10, we saw, pray for the rain. Pray that God would bring that latter rain to bring your crops to full harvest or to full ripeness and, and that they might be ready for harvest. And uh, <clears throat> I think they understood that. Albert Barnes says this, We cannot hasten it. We cannot control the rain, the sun, the seasons, and the farmer therefore patiently waits until the regular course of events he has a harvest. So we cannot control and hasten the events which were in God's own keeping. And we should patiently wait for the development of his will and the arrangements of his provision or providence by which we may obtain what we desire and what he desires. Listen, I don't know what troubles you're facing. Be patient. The season might be long. It might be difficult, but be patient. Don't give up. Don't quit. The farmer doesn't just pack it up and leave. If he does, guess what happens? He goes broke, right? And he starves. He has to be patient and wait for the earth and for the Lord to provide and bring the rain. We must remember that those things that are taking place, God is allowing. Whatever challenges, whatever difficulties you face, God is allowing those in your life. No matter how difficult at times, we need to be patient for the Lord to finish his work. It's easy to say it, but it's hard when you're experiencing it. Uh, It's very difficult at times to be patient. Uh, We want the quick solution, but God is working 
the perfect solution. We want it now. We want, we want to appeal to our God and say, God, uh, bring this to pass today. I want to harvest now. But listen, God is waiting for his purposes and his reasons for the perfect, perfect solution in your life. He wants to do a work that you don't even know yet. Don't rush what God is doing in your life. Listen, you can't change the circumstances of life. Most things that happen in our lives, there's nothing you can do about it. God is allowing them. Are you going to fight God? Are you going to go against God and what he's allowing? And listen, this morning, I'll, I'll preface it. Well, it's not preface because I didn't say it for Anyway, I'll just say this. We're not talking about chastisement because of your sin. Right? We're talking about people that are walking with God, honoring God with their life, and things just happen. God allows things to happen in our lives, and he's bringing us closer to himself through those things. And listen, you've got to allow God to do his work. Don't rush it. Listen, but you can pray for the latter rains, like we saw in Zechariah 10. Pray that God would bring the harvest. Ask God to bring these things to pass that you might experience the harvest. Listen, those are the blessed times. When you've been in trouble and you've been hurting and all of a sudden God meets the need. Uh, pray that God would do that. But listen, don't, that doesn't mean you quit because God's not doing it in your time. Don't ever forget, and we looked at this back in, in chapter 1, that God is doing a work. And only he can finish that if you would just let him and be patient. So just wait. I keep repeating myself, but I think we're not good at it. We don't wait for God to provide, so we put it on the card. Wait. Don't rush things. Listen, just like the husbandmen have long patience to receive the precious fruit, so does our Lord. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, the Lord oftentimes allows those things in your life because he's doing a work in your life. But also, our God is long-suffering to everybody. He's not coming back right this moment because perhaps there's somebody else that needs Christ. He's long-suffering. He's waiting for that precious fruit. He's waiting because he loves each and every individual and he wants to award them the opportunity that if they would come, he's waiting to receive them. Our Lord is not slack. <clears throat> the idea of slack is that there is some uncertainty here. Uh, that is not the case with our Lord. There is no uncertainty concerning the promise. Uh, he's not slack concerning the promise, it says. There's no uncertainty. There's no question about it. Uh, some men may say that there's some slack here because they don't understand it all. They don't, uh, they're expecting God to do something great now in our timing. But that's not how our God works. He's uh, long-suffering, it said. He's not slack. Listen, I want to remind you, John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He will come again. He has promised to come and to receive us unto himself. He will come. Uh, Titus 1, 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that promised before the world began, or which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Listen, he's made a promise. He cannot lie. It is certain that he will come. There's no slackness in our Lord. We just don't always understand what he's doing. Uh, what joy to know that our God has never failed to keep a promise and he will not start by failing to come for us. 
He's not going to start breaking his promises on this one. How many promises do we claim in the Bible, yet sometimes we get a little discouraged because, boy, things aren't happening in our time. When I want, Lord, uh, even so, Lord, come quickly right now, Lord. But the reality is God's still working. And so we are charged to be patient and to endure. Uh, the Apostle Paul says to endure hardness as a soldier, living in a foxhole, miserable. Listen, we're to endure. It's not going to be pleasant all the time, but we need to be patient. Uh, we find comfort in his return, knowing that he's going to come. He's made a promise. He will keep it. He's coming, and especially those that are undergoing persecutions or trials, it's a blessed thought to know that he's coming for us. Romans eight seventeen through 19. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that ye suffer with him, that ye may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Listen, uh, it's all going to be worth it. So be patient. Wait. Uh, there's coming a better day. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are or eternal. Listen, don't forget God's doing an eternal work here. Those, those challenges and those things that you face are temporary because God's working on things that we don't see. He's working on the eternal. Uh, remember that. Never lose sight that the work the Lord is doing is eternal. The afflictions we endure here on earth are not the end of it all. Therefore, we need to ensure that we set our affections on things above. Listen, so we don't get discouraged. But we don't get down because we're looking at that eternal thing. Those things that are above, those things that God has for us. Listen, as the farmer is patient, our Lord is patient. We ought to be patient. But as the believers, uh, we also need to establish our hearts. Look at verse 8. It says, But ye also, uh, be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. <clears throat> Let your purposes and your faith be firm and unwavering. Do not become weary and fretful, but bear with constancy all that is laid upon you until the time of your deliverance shall come. Albert Barnes wrote that in, in reference to this idea of being established here. Established has the idea of to set fast, to resolutely, oh, excuse me, to turn resolutely in a certain direction. That's the idea of establish, to, to establish your heart. And we might say establish. Uh, here it's, it's establish, <clears throat> excuse me, establish your hearts. Uh, are you resolutely committed to laboring in the harvest? Where's your heart established? What, have you committed to uh, setting it fast to the things of God? Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Are you laboring? Are you steadfastly set in the right direction? Listen, you need to get steadfastly set because you don't know how long it's going to be. I think when it's all said and done, it will be, it'll seem like but a moment. I know when I look back at my deployments, when you're going through it, it's miserable. Boy, two weeks down, a month down, and you're, you're there. It's, boy, I have 90 days left. It just seems like it's never going to end, that deployment. I'm never going to see my family again. 
But then when I get home and I've been home for a few weeks, I, I think back and boy, my Facebook memories start popping up and I look at those things like, man, that seems like yesterday. It wasn't that big of a deal. How much more when we get to glory? <laughs> well, all of these troubles and these trials and these challenges that we faced here will seem but a moment. And listen, that will be worth it all. But are you resolutely set in that direction? Have you committed to following the Lord and setting your labors to that end? Well, listen, if you focus on this world and you focus your labors on all that this world has to offer, uh, it's going to get disappointing. It's going to get difficult. And there's not going to be a lot of help. If that's what you're storing up is all this stuff that the rich men did where moth and rust and doth corrupt. Uh, when you get down and discouraged and that's all you're looking at, yeah, you're going to be depressed because that's all there is. But if you've established your heart unto the Lord and you've set your affections where they ought to be, you understand that those things that are taking place in your life have eternal dividends and you can rejoice and glory in that and you can be comforted in your troubles. Because you know that God is doing a work that's greater than what we see here. It's an eternal work. Understanding that the Lord is coming, we should always live as if Christ could come at any moment. He could be here right now. I don't think we live that way too often. Because I don't want to be caught in sin. But sometimes I sin. And I'll be frank with you this morning. I don't always deal with it right away because I'm stubborn. I want, I, I'm going to be right on this matter, whatever the stupid argument you want to make. Romans 13, 11, and 12, and that, keep it, or, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The time for playing games is over. Listen, this morning, your salvation is nearer than ever before. We ought to be about the business of the Lord. The business of the harvest. Focusing on how we can reach people for Christ. Uh, we've already wasted enough time. We need to be busy about what God would have us to do now. There's no time to waste with those things that are of no value. We need to start purging those things in our life that hinder us from honoring our God. Listen, those things that hold us down. Hebrews 12, 1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with what? Patience. Listen, we got to quit messing around and playing church. We got to get serious about what God's called us to do. And start taking every opportunity to share Christ. Start taking every opportunity to be faithful to our God in whatever area we've been called to do so. But as we think of the harvest, the Word of God says, pray ye therefore that He would send laborers. Are you praying that God would send laborers? Are you laboring? Have you established yourself and focused yourself on those things that are eternal? We ought to do that this morning. Is your heart firmly established? Have you resolutely turned your heart to follow the Lord, come what may? Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the trouble, regardless of the persecution, regardless of the challenge, 
I have established, I've decided to follow Jesus regardless. If not, you need to, in faith, to establish your heart, you need to commit your ways unto Him. Listen, knowing that He's going to bring it all to pass. He's faithful. We can trust Him. He's given us a promise. He will come and receive us. We can glory in that. We can find rest in that. There's great comfort in knowing the Lord is coming. But if we are not careful, we'll forget that He's long-suffering and that our timing's not His timing. So this morning, don't forget the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming again. Trust Him. Be patient and continue laboring in the harvest. Listen this morning, the Lord will come soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement that this was to me, Lord. And I I know sometimes we can get so wrapped around with the circumstances of our life and the challenges and the difficulties we face, Lord, that we lose sight that, Lord, you have an eternal purpose and that you're doing a work. And I just pray, Lord, that you do a work in our hearts that we would never forget or neglect the idea that we know that you're coming. And I pray that we would be faithful to be patient and to wait and establish our hearts, Lord, that we would focus on the eternal work that you're doing. We'll give you the thanks for all of it. And we ask now that you would bless in the service to follow. We pray that you would be at the preaching of your word, that the word of God would go forth with liberty and that it would have free course in hearts. Lord, that you do work in each and every heart this morning that would draw them near to Christ. We pray for those that may not know Christ, that they would understand that they need a Savior and they would turn to him today. And Father, we pray that you would just bless now in a mighty way. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.